26th. Thanks for tuning in to us on YouTube.com instead of the either the uh, the presidential debates or the uh, awesome uh, summer games done quick or whatever the hell game baseball game you're watching right now. Thanks for changing over to us. We appreciate it. We're the Media Boat Podcast. Yeah, we are. We're the Media Boat Podcast, and we are your source for news about movies, television, video games, and music, not necessarily in that order. My name is Matthew, sometimes Matt. His name is Michael, sometimes Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. Don't call us by any other names. Uh, let's uh, drop this a little bit. Call us by your name. Um, no, no, no thank you. No? Okay. Timothy Chalamet. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, welcome to Media Boat Podcast. Uh, we've got a banger for you today. Big yeah. movie thoughts, but pretty slow everything else. So, Unlike the previous two weeks where yeah. we had a big video game and then a, lots of thoughts, this is going to be a normal podcast. A normal podcast, but with a big summer movie release that we get to talk about. So we'll get there a little later. But first, we need to talk about the weekend box office numbers. Because that's why we always start the show. Yep. yep. Well, we start movies with the box office, stuff the box office with the Hot 100. <laughs> no. Wait, no, that's sorry. So the top five. Top five <laughs> movies this weekend. Most money-making movies. Oh, we got a dog in the background today. Uh, woof, number woof. one movie was, of course, we called it Toy Story 4, the big new release. Everything uh, could just not even deal with the power of its juggernaut release. $120 million debut. The power of Disney compels you to watch it. That is a franchise record. That is the biggest debut for a Toy Story movie. 122? Can you believe that? Yeah. That's insane, considering like how big of releases like 2 and 3 were. Right. And even the first one did pretty well. Well, even like Finding Dory and Incredibles did way better than that release. Yeah, but for a Toy Story movie, that's impressive. Yeah. So yeah, Toy Story 4, $120 million. Obviously blew everything else out of the water. Child's Play uh, was at number two with $14 million debut. Yes, the other doll movie in yep. theaters. Unrelated. Completely unrelated. Uh, Aladdin uh, slipped down to number three at $13 million, adding to its grand total of $288 million. Ben Black International sits at number four right now with another $10 million, adding to its dismal $52 million. Ho, ho, ho. And Secret Life of Pets uh, cruises on to number five uh, with another... Ten million dollars, adding to one hundred and seventeen million domestic. But that's a big slowdown. Toy Story cut into its audience majorly. Toy Story cut into all audiences. So you're looking. Secret Life of Pets made domestically settle around one hundred twenty. Yeah. Which is crazy considering how well that first one did. Which is why they made a sequel. Yeah, but I guess they did. I mean, they probably knew that they were going to have to sacrifice theaters to Disney, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that they knew maybe how significantly that would drop off. Oh yeah. So yeah, uh, bad news if you're not Disney, but great news if you're Disney, because yeah, Toy Story 4, making waves. Uh, this weekend, though, uh, a couple new challengers come to face it. We've got Yesterday, the movie about the guy, one guy who remembers the Beatles. When did that come out? Uh, not yesterday, uh, in fact, tomorrow. Comes out tomorrow? Yesterday's <laughs> at tomorrow? Yesterday comes out tomorrow. Which will be the present. Yes. Anyway, and also, Annabelle comes home. Uh, another sequel in the Annabelle horror franchise. Oh, so it's not Annabelle comes home like the prodigal son? No, no. Annabelle, the, the creepy doll, comes home. Oh. 
So, uh, those are your new releases. Do you want to talk about Toy Story now? Uh, sure. Let's talk about Let's Toy Story now. Talk about Toy Story. So, yes, that was your big release, your big moneymaker, uh, the big new addition in a two-story franchise, I guess you could say. Of course, the Pixar legacy. Mm -hmm. uh, and also the Toy Story franchise, which, um... Everybody figured would end after a third installment. But because for most people, it did end after the third installment. Proven wrong uh, by the release and success of the fourth entry. So, first up, we did a ranking of all the Pixar movies. Yes, yes we did. I'm not going to ask you where this sits on the huge ranking, because I don't know how I could even think about that right, right. now. Right. But I will ask, where do you think this lies? Well, first of all, Good, yes, no. And second, where does this lie on the, the list of Toy Stories? Good is an interesting line you're going with there. Yeah. Because I'm not sure if I think this is good. Okay. It definitely made me think while, while I left the theater. <laughs> All right. But I don't know if I necessarily find this as good. Okay. I know this is probably in the minority there. What would you call it, then? Uh... An interesting take on the first Toy Story. Yeah. Well, okay. I don't know if I'm with you there. We'll, we'll get into it in a second. Yes. But how would you rank it in the lineage of Toy Stories, then? It sounds like you're putting it somewhere between one and two. Yeah, I am. Um, so you're I'm, one, four, two, three? Possibly. I am definitely going to see watch going this again. from bottom to top, I think. Yeah, yeah. Three is um, still my number one. Um, but I'm probably going to end up seeing this movie again just to see if what I saw the first time is exactly what I saw. Because I'm really weary about okay. what I watched. So here's my thought, and I think I know where you're getting at because during this movie I had a handful of thoughts going through my head. The first one was, man, they have a lot of ideas here. Yes. They... Spend a lot of time dwelling on big existential questions. I think the reason why they do this is because that's what three did, and everybody reacted very well to that. Mm -hmm. Like everybody's takeaway from three is like, oh yeah, it's like you can see this is made by parents. This is a nostalgic movie. This is basically the parents talking about what it means to leave their kids and let their kids go off into the world. Mm -hmm. That's why that ending works so well. It's just basically like, no, your life is not over after your kid goes to college. You can continue doing, finding yourself and like figuring out what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Four does seem to like dwell on a lot of the same questions, uh, including some of the same questions of the first movie, as you said. They retread a lot of ground, which is, I think, why you may have gotten some negative feelings about that yeah like the whole thing with forky as you guys know from the trailer we're going to try not to spoil much here but it's, if it's in the trailer what is in the we're trailer i will address it. but one of the things they do with forky characters they do ask the question the existential question is what is a toy right like what does it mean to be a toy what are the clarification like what what qualifies you to be a toy what what is the goal and then the movie kind of goes on to then question what is the goal of a toy what does it mean what is a toy's job Right. Is a toy's job simply to be a plaything for a child? Are you completely beholden to that child? Or can you, as a toy, engage in other things? Are you allowed to have your, quote, own life, unquote? Does that even exist? Right. So already, big, heady space. Big, lots of, like, big questions being and, asked. And that's this. within, like, the first five minutes. Yeah. Like, 
But that's not the only thing that's going on here. There's also questions of like, of like freedom. Like there's questions of freedom, like what it means to be free. Mm -hmm. There's even questions about like value of life at all. Like the character of Forky is going through some very. Um, Am I trash? <laughs> very, very existential questions about whether he needs to exist at all. Yeah. And, and there's a Randy Newman song that very jovially talks about the experience of being a friend of someone who is questioning their existence. And it's a very, very strange tone for this kid's movie to take. <laughs> during that whole sequence, which is a fun sequence. Yeah. But during that whole sequence, I felt weird. I was like... What are we doing here? Like, what is this movie doing right now? Yeah, I didn't know where we were trying to go. <laughs> yeah, and I was worried that that was where this movie was going to yeah. go. There's a very poignant scene where you're, ostensibly, your main character, Woody, is having this moment of being like, wait, what do I do when my friend is going, is like contempl contemplating to like the toy equivalent of suicide? <laughs> like, and it's very, very, like, deep. And like very very dark for a Toy Story movie to do this, and like the, and well, it's dark for any movie to try yeah. and go this route, much less a Pixar film. And it was like crushingly realistic for me. It was like watching Woody do a thing that I have done in my own life, mm -hmm. like have that moment. Where it was like, no, I can't, I can't go away from this moment. I can't leave this situation because bad things could happen. I was so worried that that's where this movie was gonna go. Because I don't know if I could have taken the entire movie <laughs> if the movie was about that. But no, it's just a, one of the many things going on in this movie. And so, yeah, I agree with you there. It's, it's confusing. It feels like it's kind of going all over the place. And so you feel tension there. And you, it doesn't, you don't really like, it doesn't allow you to be like, all right, I'm going to sit back and watch this movie wash over me. Instead, you're thinking like about these big questions too much and it's too distracting oh I was well on top of just those big questions there's just yeah. questions within the universe that <laughs> oh yeah I was sure. questioning too like what is Woody's like if a toy is not being played with should it exist anymore does and it lose its soul and that's the very question that the movie asks and then kind of answers yeah. by the end of it Again, without spoilers. Uh, but, like, I'm going to be careful here. Um, it does ask that question. There are characters within this universe that are portrayed as not needing toys. Mm -hmm. or, sorry, not needing ch children, not needing kids. But there are also characters in this film that are completely beholden to them and, like, will not, can't even imagine a existence without one. Or, like, pine endlessly for them. And it's like... I think the, the movie does establish that that there is options. I think it does go there. I think it does answer that question, is I guess what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. is like, I think it does answer that question. It's like, no, it does not seem like the Toy Story universe, as it stands after 4, believes that that is the sole purpose of the toy. Some toys may believe that is the noblest purpose. Like, you know, for the most part, Woody agrees, but right. like... And which, but it's which not to be I had a problem with that yeah. as in the first three Toy Story films, especially in the first one. It's that's it, the thing that is the, what they established with Woody. That is his character. So yeah, I've, and then they kind of like throw that away. Like yeah. we're gonna have something new in this for so some reason. Happened. I happened to have watched uh, both 
one and two in full last night. Okay. So I have got a refresher on those two movies. Yeah. And even two is very much that. It's very two is very much throughout. Is like, nah, man, like. I gotta go home to my kid because that's the thing that matters here. Right. And I'm gonna bring you all to the kid because that makes your guys' life worthwhile. But I think it's an interesting take, and I think the only place that they could go that's left, because like we said, three kind of wrapped things up in a nice little package. They wouldn't have done a fourth movie unless they had an idea that was strong enough to go for it, and they must have thought that that question of, mm-hmm. but what about? The toys that don't want that. Yeah. They must have believed that that was enough of a compelling question to make this movie. The question is, is it? You seem to fall on the side that it's not. Yes, this does sound too stressful the <laughs> for a Pixar movie. Yeah, a little bit. But, like, but, but, but to, Thank you, to re- chat. Yeah. To reiterate, so you're saying that you think that it maybe it wasn't a strong enough... Thing to, to put the movie on. Well, no, because now it kind of like derails the whole Woody arc that we've set up in the first three films of Woody's all about keeping his family together. I think it all does. about like making sure everyone stays together, that we are yeah. a family. I think it does, but it doesn't at the same time. The, what I mean by that is because if you're thinking of, and this is kind of the, one of the problems in this movie, is that it goes too kind of far up the, these are obviously parents of children writing mm-hmm. these movies. Because it basically says, like, it's asking the question, like, okay, now that you feel fulfilled, you've gotten that fulfillment, what now? So, like, the question of three was, like, okay, Kit moved out, what do I do now? Well, the the answer at the end of three is move on, like, find another way to get that same enjoyment, which in Toy Story 3's world was to be under the ownership of another child. Before then, ask the next step, which is, like, well, once that child that child has moved on from you or like that situation has moved on. What about you? What do you want to do for yourself? It brings the self back in. Woody's arc then is extended. Woody's arc becomes not just how do I feel fulfilled for somebody else, like with with engaging in somebody else. It then becomes what do I do for myself? Well, it's more, I think it's, it is. Yeah. It's what does he do for himself? Yeah. That's the that's the thing. Is is well, basically what he discover self care. Because well, that, that's where I re- where I realized that this is just an alternate take of the first Toy Story, where if Andy just completely fell in love with Buzz and abandoned Woody, Woody completely. Yeah, and you're not wrong. They could have they could have framed it that way, but the fact that this takes place after three. Mm-hmm makes it more of, like, a parent reading than it does about, like, a snotty, like, rival. Yeah. That would have been if they had done that with one. Like, if they had done that with one, it wouldn't have been as believable. Because well, well, that was their, that transformation. well, that was their original story for one. Right. And it's interesting that you bring that up, because this also has a lot of elements from that original story that were cut in the cutting room floor with all the story revisions mm-hmm. that the first movie went, including Vincelloquist dummies. Yep. But, like, we're talking so up here right now that we're not even really talking about the movie, <laughs> which is how I figured that this conversation yeah. would go. So I think, to finish kind of my thought before we move on to, like, the nitty-gritty, like, talking about the movie itself, um, I want to kind of wrap up my thoughts and, like, and see, see where I differ from you, is that I felt like that that catharsis and the way that they answer that question about Woody's new arc at the end of that thing was good enough of an ending for me 
that it felt earned to me. Like, I was satisfied at the end of that movie, well, and I, but I could understand why people wouldn't. Well, like I said when we walked out of the theater, that... Yeah, it feels like an epilogue. It feels like an epilogue. And you're 100% right. And I've told two people now that I've talked about the movie to mm-hmm. that, and I've said that you said it. I quoted you, because yeah. it's such a good word for what that movie is. Well, yeah, because the first three films feel like a complete story arc of a yeah. child growing up. And they absolutely are. And that's what it is. And this, this is, the, is that side story yeah. that... We've been hint that we've been talking about throughout, but haven't had the time to definitely delve into it. So now we're going to do it in this one film, and that's going to be the one film, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they clearly have to do a very, very different thing if they're going to do another Ghost Rider. Yes. And I kind of one part of me hopes they will because <laughs> I want a different kind of next Toy Story movie. But I'll get to that a little later. Well, but, from uh, the chat, the chat actually asked that question. Uh-huh. So well, the real question is. Will there be a Toy Story 5? I don't think there will be a Toy Story 5. I think there will be another Toy Story movie, though. It will probably be a subtitled Toy Story movie. Yes. Or have a different name, like maybe after a character or something. Because I think that there are stories to tell uh, about, specifically, I hope, about the world of Bonnie's life. Like, they only kind of, like, focus on half of this movie on Bonnie mm-hmm. and, like, her toys. And I really wish that we got more of her toys. So if I if they do make another one, I hope it's really about that dynamic. About that group that was teased at at the end of Toy Story 3. That group of toys. Yeah. I want a story about them. Because I feel like that's the thing that was missing from this movie. Not enough of those personalities. Yeah. For having Toy Story 3 end with the toys being given to Bonnie, um, they don't really do a whole lot with the new toys. They're still very much focused on Andy's old toys. Right. Okay, let's use that as springboard then to talk about the actual movie here. So okay. forget about the existential questions, the, the, the big <laughs> plot, how it ranks. Like, let's just talk about as a movie, was this fun? Because to me, I thought this was so much fun. Like, it constantly moves. It's going from zero to 60 throughout. It's like constantly bringing new gags, new characters to you, fun scenarios, fun situations. I thought the new characters were wonderful. I thought the Bunny and Ducky mm-hmm. characters were hilarious. And make that movie. Like, they make that movie's tone so much lighter than the ending and beginning would make you think. <laughs> and, like, everything just moves at such a quick pace. I love what they did with Bo Peep's character. I think that is an amazing, like, way to, like, tackle the problems of female representation in the Toy Story movies. I forgot, after watching Toy Story 1 and 2 now back-to-back last night, Yeah, I forgot how much of those movies are both like, all right, the boys are going to go on an adventure and the girls stay at home. Yes. And, like, that sucks. And, like, two, even two, Jessie doesn't do a whole lot. She has a little bit, like, she has the dramatic background story and she has, like, the kind of defending, like, against Woody, basically the prospector against Woody. Mm-hmm. But, like, she doesn't get to do a lot of things. And here's a character, Bo Peep is a character who does so much and does so much well. She gets to be, like, in charge in a way that Woody can't be and really shows you, like, how, like, Woody doesn't even know half the time what he's doing. Brings that kind of in stark relief where he's been, like, your lead for so long that just those scenes where Bo Peep's like, no, it's this way and this is how we do it and you're mm-hmm. wrong. We're so refreshing and so cool. Which, that's been Woody's whole MO for the first right. two movies is, Woody does something, <laughs> he figures out that he's wrong, yeah. and then tries to fix the problem he created. 
But, like, to see somebody basically just completely just, like, obliterate him in a second of that, yeah. that is just so cool. <laughs> I wish it would have happened earlier. <laughs> but, like, there are just so many cool moments that I wasn't, I guess, preoccupied with the big existential things as I'm seeing other people happen. Because I just thought it was a fun time that wasn't saddled with the baggage of being in the main trilogy of the Toy Story movies. And I think it was fun. All right, another question from the chat. Okay. Would any of this even make sense to the kid it was designated to entertain? So that's a good question, and that's why I think that it's almost like two movies kind of fighting each other. Yeah. Because what I just described is the part that the kids will love. The kids will love Bunny and Ducky. The kids will love the the fun, like, antics. The kids will love the stuff and the, the carnival... The kids will love the bombast of it all mm -hmm. and the pacing. The kids will love Forky because he's very, like, easy for a kid to understand. Um, but the questions about identity, the questions about, like, about, like, uh, purpose of toys, like, that stuff could go right over their heads. Yes. The end of this movie is going to be super boring for kids, I think, because they do kind of have to wrap up the emotional bits all in, like, a few scenes there. Which I think were the peak highlights of that movie. I think that the emotional part, there are two scenes I can't spoil that are specifically the best mm -hmm. scenes of that movie. The kids won't care about those. But I think there's enough fun happening that the kids will at least enjoy most of this. It's definitely kid-friendly. There's definitely a lot for the kids. But seeing it through adult, uh, grown-up eyes... It's a different thing. It's definitely a different thing. I think that's what's going to happen with this film, is that kids are going to watch this film, enjoy it for one thing, but when they revisit it in five, ten years, yeah. they'll probably see something, a completely different film. Yeah. And you know... And that's kind of what makes a film exceed, is that yeah. when you rewatch it, you get a different take on it. So I think, like, overall, I would say that I really liked it. It has issues, and I think the issues are that it tries to do too much. Mm -hmm. uh, but ultimately, I think it's a good Toy Story movie. I would probably put it, if I was going to rank it, somewhere between two and three. I With one at the bottom. Because mm -hmm. I still think one has a lot of issues. It does not age well at all. Two is better, and I think that like gets the ball rolling towards the stuff that they eventually tackle. And is like, still really funny. Like, I, I, like, that was my takeaway watching it last night. I was like, this is still really good. Uh, and, but three and four, like, there's something that they're doing on such a higher level that I think will make them easier to rewatch later. Yeah. Well, like I said, I still have problems with the Toy Story universe itself. <laughs> yeah. Like, for the toys being 50 years old, still looking for Steam. Which, <laughs> speaking toys. of... Speaking, speaking of that... Um, the animation of this is by far the best thing I've ever seen. Oh, Jesus Christ, that beginning with oh, the rain? Yeah. And the that, that, RC that, car in the gutter? I was like, what the hell am I watching right now? Uh, it, 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 was it was getting to the Uncanny Valley. It was getting to the point where I was like, this just straight up just looks like outside. Like, yeah. This just looks out like outside. That's what I was looking at. <laughs> I watched this like, this is a tech demo for rain. This is a tech demo for mud. This is a tech demo for water hitting stuff. Like, it was so, like, in-your-face, awe-inspiring yeah. for the first, like, five minutes, to five, ten minutes opening of that film that yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, am I not ready for this thing? Yeah. 
Also, so I had a thought, and I, I need you to correct me if I'm wrong. You're wrong. Does this make... Does Toy Story 4, like, so the, all four of the Toy Story movies being as consistently well-reviewed as they are, yes. does this is this now the best critically reviewed four-movie franchise of all time? Because uh, I think it might be. Yes. Four-movie franchise, <laughs> yes. I can't think of a single other movie franchise that's gotten to four without having a really crappy installment. Uh, well... You're going to have trouble trying to think of a franchise that you can get to four movies. Well, I mean, just think, like, Indiana Jones, Toy or sorry, Indiana Jones, Star Wars are already out. Right. So, like, Harry Potter gets close to it, but I don't think those were critics. Harry Potter, I feel like the critics just got bored after a while. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, I, I had that thought. I was like, wow, they've just been so consistent. Well, they also spread them out quite a good time pace. Yeah. Uh, from the audience, from the chat, uh... Then again, I feel like Toy Story 3 was more geared towards people our age. Yeah. So it's not really geared towards kids, but it was. There it was, was a lot of kids, like, stuff that kids could, like, appeal to. I, I thought a lot of, like, a lot of stuff going on in the, the daycare. Yeah. That whole thing, like, kids could read that. Like, kids could figure out that part. May the end maybe have been too scary for some kids. Like, with stuff with the incinerator. Yeah. But, like... For the most part, I feel like that movie could play for kids. Yeah. Um, speaking of our age, though, that's an interesting point, because there is kind of a difference between something that's directed towards, like, a, like, say, college grad, as opposed to something directed towards a 40-year-old dad. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I, that reminded me of is in this movie, did you notice a lot more toys from our childhood? Like... With the frickin', with Polly Pockets and yes. Sky Dancers. Yes. I laughed out loud when they showed us Sky Dancers. Yeah, I was like, oh! Because <laughs> huh. I was like, that is hilarious. Also, the Combat Carl gets a play in this. Yeah, a real brief scene, but like, that was funny. But the, the um, what's his name? Kid Kaboom? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Keanu Reeves stuff is funny. Yeah, like, I understood the reference they were going through with all of that. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's yeah. the other thing about this film, is that there's a lot of like, References in this film that, that correlate to not just other um, Toy Story films, oh, but yeah. within itself. Where, where, yeah. where the reason Bonnie like puts the the, the very opening puts the badge on on uh, Jesse like she's the sheriff. At the very end, you see not only the two cops are females helping the little girl. Yeah, as like it like this is her world. She doesn't necessarily see male characters as authority figures but a female as an authority figure right right and then there's um there's also a lot of uh, pixar references too the antique an antique store opened 1986 yes which is the uh Euro Euro. corporation of pixar right um, um the the toy that opens the jukebox yes is a reference to is, one of the first is the tin toy the from tin, tin toy, toy. Tin toy. <laughs> yes <laughs> there's a brief uh, uh cameo of the grape pin from up yes but yeah, there's there's a lot of little stuff. Um, you don't get a traditional um, uh, Pizza Planet car. Instead, it's actually a tattoo of a Pizza Planet car. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. Got it. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. there's enough in here if you're looking for it. For, yes. it, for get your get your Pixar geeking on. Okay, chat. Why does it just say Avengers? Do you just want to go see Avengers instead? Or how does this compare to Avengers? Oh, that's a good question because that's another thought I had. Because another thought I had about this movie is that they do do a lot with a lot of characters. Mm -hmm. And that did make me think, it's like, oh, that's right. This is the first, like, this is a Toy Story 
post Avengers. Yeah. Like we're now in a world where big budget movies know how to better tell stories about lots of characters at once. And I was thinking about that, about this movie, because it does jump a lot more than the previous three did. There's a less about like one through line and more about here's these disparate threads that we're going to pull together for the climax. Right. I, I noticed that a lot, that, that you do have these like two different yeah. things happening at the exact same time, three different things happening at the exact same time. Yeah. And they all correlate into one or eventually the storylines get knocked off one by one, but everyone eventually ends up meeting each other one by one. And it's, not very. It's not that jarring when they eventually do that. Maybe that's just because, as an audience, we've kind of grown with that. But it's definitely something I did actually pick up on. Yeah, yeah. It's the, yeah. There's just so much going on here. Oh, okay. Avengers was a four-part franchise that was successful. Oh, I mean, so the trouble there is, is that, is you get that the second one, the second one sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. It, it's the weaker. It's the weakest one. So oh, yeah, I, don't know I think Avengers, the second Avengers had a eighty percent. I want to so, say. Yeah, Look up IMDb real quick on that. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, that'd be the one because Avengers: Infinity War and Avengers: Endgame were both heavily praised, and so was yeah, the first one yeah. when it came out. But yeah, that second one. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, but like, yeah, there's just so much. The problem with this talking about this movie is that there's just so much to talk about. There's a lot going on, both like in the movie itself and also in the kind of the, the talk around it. I don't necessarily think it's bad. I think that it does a lot. And I think that maybe your mileage may vary on it. What I will say is that don't go in thinking that it's going to be as amazing as three. But like you still get... A Toy Story movie that's like worth worth praise, and I think it still definitely in conti- continues the current Pixar run of picking up the quality. Like I think that it's next to uh, the quality level of stuff like Inside Out and Coco, uh, where it's not you won't find a whole lot to complain about. But no, even the uh, Avengers are, Avengers are around the '60s for uh, Metacritic. Because, yeah, it just balances... Because you'll get still, like, the, the kind of critic that will poo-poo a superhero movie. Right. Just, like, a lot more of those. Whereas the Toy Story films have gotten... Um, let's see. What's the first one at? Or second one? Even the second one is still at an 88 on Metascore. Yeah, yeah. Still. Metacritic. All right. Do you have any uh, things that you want to get off your chest about Toy Story before we move on? Um... Anything we haven't already gone over? I think that we haven't already gone over. <laughs> uh, there's definitely a lot of layers to this film. Oh, yeah. Like I said, there's too uh, much to talk about. Oh, you guys are nerds. Why, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. 100%. Yeah, I'm going to stick to the Metacritic store, not the Rotten Tomatoes store. But it is the first movie I've seen in a very, very long time where I had a thought, like, man, I wish I still did write-ups on the website. Because yeah. What do you mean? We still do. We yeah, still have a website. Theory. <laughs> But yeah, I definitely had a thought where I was like, hmm, at some point maybe I should write something about this movie because there's a lot, there's a lot here. Yes. But anyways, I liked it. I don't know. I, I, Message uh, retracted. You cannot retract the message. We saw it. The scale, uh, uh, 
the mini Batman media boat scale, I absolutely think this is a go see. Oh yeah, go see. I'm going to see it again probably. Yeah, I will probably also see this a second time, and I'm really interested to see how it plays the second time mm -hmm. because it will be less about the moment to moment. It will be more about the big picture, and that'll be interesting to see yep. if I have different thoughts about it coming at me. All right, we need to move on because that was long. Yeah, we talked quite a bit about that, but it is one of the biggest films to come out this year. And it's really the only thing happening. Possibly week. top five we'll end of the year? We'll see. We'll come back to that later. But first, we have to talk about movie news. Oh, yeah, we have movie news. That happened. Still have movie news. Guess what? There's going to be a new Flash Gordon movie. Well, they've been trying to make a Flash Gordon movie. Well, maybe they'll finally, again, again, succeed. Again. The 1930s comic is getting a new interpretation, again. Disney has hired Taika Waititi. They heard us say Flash Gordon. Yep. Uh, to write and direct the project, which is now being turned into an animated film. Uh, the project has been in development hell with Matthew Vaughn, your favorite. Yeah, my Matthew Vaughn. And Julius Avery, uh, having been attached to direct it multiple times. Taika Waititi, however, was previously attached to the Michael Jackson Project Bubbles with Netflix before withdrawing that to do scheduling, and thank God, now. Yeah. <laughs> because I bet he's thanking his lucky stars is not so on that project. Well, it says scheduling in yeah. quotes, mm -hmm. so it's probably, they just say scheduling. He's currently in post-production on Jojo Rabbit, a satire set in World War II, where a young boy in the Nazi army is torn between family and duty. So after that, yeah. presumably he will go to work on Flash Gordon. Yeah, uh, Flash Gordon, the animated film. That makes this more time. sense. I think that makes sense because I feel like doing that in live action may not work as well. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. They do a lot of stuff with CGI stuff. So. Yeah, here's here's an additional question uh, before we move on. Uh, does does uh, Queen featuring Adam Lambert do a new Flash Gordon song? Because that's one thing you remember from Flash Gordon is exactly. Freddie Mercury Queen exactly. doing yeah. the Flash Gordon. Their new song. Uh, no, you, you get Magic Dragons to do a new one. Ew, no. Moving on. <laughs> Our next story in movie news is about Anne Sarnoff. Uh, who? That would be the former BBC Studios America's president. Wait, why are we talking about BBC? Because she's been tapped to be the new CEO of Warner Brothers. What? Yes, Warner what? Brothers having a female CEO? Yeah, it's happening. She was what the is... first woman to head Warner Brothers in its nearly 100-year history. This concludes a three-month search following Kevin Sujihara's exit back mm -hmm. in March. Sarnoff will report to Warner Media CEO John Stanky, one of the best names in the biz, yeah, he is. and take control of production operations, which spans film, TV, digital, and video games. Warner Brothers, by the way, is still in the middle of that AT&T merger, so this is an interesting time to be at the company. Yes. Uh, in a really quick interview when they asked her about her success or how she feels um, joining the Warner Brothers company, she said that currently she's not looking to fire anyone, but, she's, but has the merger happened, time will tell, but she's happy to be a part of the historic Warner Media in a really big... Obviously, this is PR written. Yeah, spiel. I'm sure. But hey, a female is now the head of Warner Brothers. That's cool. A female, yes, that's what we call her. Well, <laughs> we call her Warner sister. <laughs> no, it's even worse. Let's move on, please. Uh, uh, that moves out of movies into television. All right. And we always start television with sports. All right, we start sports 
With uh, no, not the weekend box office. <laughs> so we start sports on the soccer field. Yeah. Because the USA women's team plays France on Friday. Yes, they won their games and they'll play France in the Elite Eight. Cool. Um, France is the host nation, so no matter what happens, people will be drinking afterwards. That's true. Uh, Meanwhile, off the field and on the courts, or no, actually this is a field too. It's a field. Uh, Michigan and Vanderbilt. Uh, that's a diamond. Three. That's a diamond. On the field. diamond in college, uh, the College World Series. Right? Yes, uh, Michigan is the underdog, uh, but they did beat UCLA to get to this position. Um, Vanderbilt is the number two ranked team in the NCAA. Uh, they each is best of three games. They split one apiece, but currently Vanderbilt is kicking the Wolverines' butts. All right. Like seven to one, so uh, congratulations to Vanderbilt on your success. Congrats. Um, also in uh, new sports news, the NBA draft happened. Uh, I believe this happened a while ago, but oh, uh, no, no, this happening? was this was last Thursday. Really, this is just last Thursday. This is just last I Thursday. Feel like this t- happened like ages ago. For some oh, reason. we talked about um, who won the draft lottery in terms oh, of the teams, right. team right. picking. But this is but the this actual draft. So the yes, actual draft, as predicted, the uh, the Pelicans, the New Orleans Pelicans, picked up Zion Williamson. Yes, uh, who is the number one big dude. Zion? Yeah. Then, meanwhile, in the hockey draft, NHL draft happened as well. That number one, Jack Hughes, went to the New Jersey Devils. Yep, they lose for Hughes. Yep, they lost enough to get tossed. I mean, well, Hughes. no, no, they they didn't lose enough. They they actually <laughs> had the worst percentage to uh-huh. get the number one pick, and somehow got the number one pick. Got it. Whereas the LA Kings, who did have the best percentage to get the number one pick, ended up getting the number fifth, number five pick. Fair enough. Alright. It's really to say really Anything else happening in sports before we move on to television? Uh, fun fact. Okay. The first thing I saw on TV when we got back into America was USA taking a 2-1 lead on Ooh. Monday. Yeah, yeah, they did. That's exciting. Uh, oh, uh, speaking of the USA team, um, Rapino is dyed her hair pink. Whoa. Please, look that up of why she is doing that and why other players... On the women's FIFA tournament, have decided to dye their hair pink. Uh, okay, I do not know. I'll have to look that up myself. Yes. Interesting. All right. Anything else in sports before we move on? Uh, the Kings also lost enough. Yes, we know. Yes, we we, we, we cover them. Yes. And they're losing. Uh, the Kings are on a win streak. Uh, MLB All Star ballots opening. Go get your All Star favorite into the All Star game. Yep. Stop. Yep, and then Melly Mantiers will is just around the corner. Yep. Uh, everyone in the airport was yelling. Yeah, they were. I bet. Yes, yeah, USA. USA. July 4th. USA. It's happening. Yeah. Right. Yes. Anything else in sports before we can finally move on? Uh, no, I don't think okay. I have anything else to cover in okay, the this world. Okay, a short moment before you remember something. I'll try to move on. Okay. <laughs> we now get to move on to television news. Our first story is about the TV division of Warner Brothers. Because they're all about the news right now. Yeah, they are. They have revealed their upcoming lineup to San Diego Comic Con from July 17th, which happens, by the way, from July 17th to to the 21st. That's in like three weeks. Their panels include farewells to Arrow and Supernatural in the big Hall H auditoriums, 
We will also have previews for Batwoman, which, which is a new series that premieres on October the 6th on the CW. Pennyworth, which also is a new series that premieres on July 28th on Epics. And Harley Quinn, a new series premiering on DC Universe. Yay! Also, they have uh, stuff pe uh, pe uh, for Veronica Mars, the uh, reboot of which that premieres on the 26th of July on Hulu. And, of course, the next season of Riverdale because it is an internal prison that we're all subject to. Yep. So that's it for Warner Brothers. So that's uh, interesting. Uh, I don't know. Uh, are those supposed to be good? Like, are we looking forward to these? Uh, there's a Batwoman show. Yeah, I don't know. And then the Pennyworth prequel show? Yes. Weird that they're going with that. Good choices here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, the big thing here is that there will be one final farewell for both Supernatural and Arrow. We did read yeah. report that they will be canceled, but because they have upcoming seasons, they're going to go all out for this, apparently. All out. Yep. Also, it's kind of a slow, slow news week. It is. That's why we're going into NBC News. Well, yes. Really? Well, I guess it is kind of. This is more Netflix news because yeah, it's all NBC of you news. Netflix streamers, all, one of your like tried and true go-to shows to just stream on the background while you're sleeping or I don't know making food, is, or or you just don't know what else to put on Netflix. Yeah, is going away, uh, but not super soon. But will go away at some point, and that is of course NBC's The Office. The Office will be leaving Netflix beginning in 2021. And after that, will be made exclusively available on NBC's upcoming streaming service. Which we all figured was going to happen. Netflix's current deal with The Office expires after 2020, which is why this is happening. Currently, The Office is the number one series on Netflix, having been streamed over 52 billion minutes in 2018 alone. That's a lot of minutes. Yeah, and it was had half of that in just this past April. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, NBC is, is planned to uh, uh, open that streaming service sometime next year. Yep. Uh, we knew this was happening when yep. Disney announced their streaming service, and then Warner Brothers announced their streaming service, and yep. so we figured NBC would announce their streaming service, especially since Disney now owns Hulu, so they're going to pull their content from there. Yep. Let's <sighs> see. Eventually, we're going to have some other third party come in and say, hey, you can get all these streaming services. Just pay us one monthly fee, and we'll give you keys for it. And then basically, we'll have cable two point oh. Yeah, three point oh. What what version are we in? Three point oh. I think. Because yeah. I think satellite was two point oh. So I don't know. This will be five point one. Cutting the cord. Cutting the cord. So, yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Uh, that's weird. So but, yeah. So. Uh, you have just a couple more years left with Netflix Office. Yes, so uh, Netflix or Netflix did put out a tweet saying, while yes, The Office is leaving, you can still watch it ad-free, yeah. in all caps, Yeah. over on Netflix still. It's true. All right. That's it for television news. Yep. Do you have any thoughts about any television that happened this week? Uh, I watched 30 seconds of Holy Moly and then left the room. Oh, Holy Moly <laughs> premiere? Yes, yes, it did. Okay, how was that? I Like I said, I watched 30 seconds of it and bailed. Okay. Because when I figured out it was Wipeout meets mini golf, I was like, I don't need to watch this. Yeah, it's what it is. It's Wipeout meets mini golf. <laughs> uh, but other than that, oh, I do have um, uh, something real brief to talk about. Okay. Uh, I watched. Um, uh, I have been watching. I guess it's actually premiered a couple weeks ago. But uh, Disney's new animated series Amphibia. 
I think you brought this up to me on off the podcast. S- off yes. the podcast. Uh, so yeah, uh, one door closes with Star uh, versus the Force of Evil, and another door opens uh, as they've premiered their new animated series. And um, it's not quite the same thing. Uh, less lore heavy than uh, the pilot makes you imagine it would be. Uh, but there are some things that they could dig in later. But really, this is just a real top quality, like, gag-based, like, show. Like, it's very uh, kind of like the first season of Star. A lot of real charming characters, a cool world that, they, that, they, that they're developing, a real, real cool like, lead uh, who's, like, fun and, like, sassy in the right ways, um, and, like, just some really, really great comedy writing. Like, it's made me laugh out loud a lot. It, the animation is beautiful because the, I don't know what the hell they do over at Disney and I don't know why <laughs> all their stuff looks so good. Well, in this case, it's actually the studio's Rough Draft, who you, of course, know. Uh, they, of course, do The Simpsons now. They're also, they were responsible for Futurama. They also do Rick and Morty. Uh, so this is kind of them venturing into some more kid-friendly content. Okay. Uh, the, op- like the, the, the vibe of it is somewhere in the middle for me uh, between, like, Gravity Falls and Star. It's okay. like somewhere in the middle there where it's like kind of got some sort of atmospheric stuff going in the background, but mostly it's about let's focus in on these characters and these jokes. I, I'm enjoying it so far, uh, and it's only six episodes in to its first season run, so give that a try if uh, that sounds appealing. Right, well, even Star, like you said, in the first season was, yeah, was completely more... separate from what it ended up being. So I'm very, very interested to see if this goes in that same direction. Because the first episode, the pilot does hint at some overarching serialized stories that they could tell if they wanted. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Okay, sounds good. That's the only uh, thing I want. I did not watch anything new because my attention was focused elsewhere. Yes. Which we'll get into later yes yes we will so let's move on out of uh, television and into cancellations and renewals all right what am i no longer watching well you are still watching on netflix i think you should leave starring tim robinson oh i thought you were like i wasn't giving telling me direction. you you should leave i'm telling you that the show i think you should leave is getting renewed for a second season okay i watched uh, about 10 minutes of this and could uh, didn't finish it uh, seemed funny from what I could see. It's a sketch show starring yeah, sketch Tim show. Robinson. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I might, I might eventually get back to that. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, on the Paramount Network, Yellowstone has been renewed for a third season. The Rain on Netflix, which is a show I forgot existed, will end after its third season. Okay. Uh, upcoming third season. Upcoming third season. Yep. That's it for... Renewals and uh, oh. cancellations. Real briefly, I did watch something on Netflix called okay. Awake, where they have contestants stay awake for 24 hours and <laughs> then put them through some physical activities. Okay. And um, really bad at it. Yeah. Yeah. But they have a chance to win a million dollars if. So they put the they put these six contestants in a room and they tell them to count quarters for 24 hours. And then at the end of the 24 hours, they asked the contestants how much they counted. Uh-huh. And the difference between that, it basically determines if they'll win the million dollars or not. Ah. And also, like, when they'll be eliminated and going through physical challenges. It's... Weird. Weird. It's only eight <laughs> episodes. Weird. 
It's weird. Weird. I don't know if they could actually legally do this, but make people stay awake for 24 hours straight. I mean, I'm sure that they have to sign something saying it's okay. Yeah, but it's definitely a weird show. Yeah, sounds like a weird concept. All right, that means we get to move on to deaths, unfortunately. We've got a handful of deaths this week. First up, Peter Allen Fields, age 84. He was a TV writer, wrote for such shows as Star Trek, The Six Million Dollar Man, and The Man from Uncle. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a lot of shows. William F. Brown, age 91. He was a playwright, uh, most famous for writing The Wiz, the original, hey. the original uh, uh, musical. So, yes, the original Broadway version. Yeah, the Broadway musical. Which would be adapted by Michael Jackson. Yeah. Sean McCann, age 83, was an actor. He was in uh, Tommy Boy in Chicago, among others. Dave Martholomew, age 100. Guy made Ooh, 100. triple digits. Hall of Fame musician, band leader, and songwriter. Uh, famous for Ain't That a Shame, I Hear You Knocking, and I'm Walking. I'm Walking. Yes, indeed. Yes, you are. He's, in, he's yeah. walking. Yes, he is. And that's it for that. So that means I get to hand this over to you. We can talk about... Music. All right, and we can start with the Billboard, and we start the Billboard with oh, the 100. Hot 100. All right, how hot is my 100? This All week? right, my singles chart. All your singles charts in the world could not stop Old Town Road from going to you the top. Really, really can't. Nope. As Old Town Road, Lil Nas X is your number one song in the country yet again. Yep. Number two. Just beating it, hoping to get that number one, is that yeah. new Taylor Swift song, You Need to Calm Down. I know, I agree, I do need to calm down. I listened to that a couple more times. It sucks. It's fine. It sucks. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's not a banger. They're, they sure aren't playing it on the radio. Nope, but it's fine. <laughs> Which uh, is hilarious. Number three is Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. Still there. That four, they're playing on the radio all the time. Number four is Talk by Khalid. Number five, I don't care. Ed Sheeran, Justin Bieber, which means Joe's brother Sucker is out of the out top of the five. Time, time being. They might get a tour bump once they get uh, tour dates yep. started. Uh, however, for your Billboard 200, a shocker. I am shocked, I say, at what number one is. Shocked. Literally shocked. How shocked? Um, like, coming out on stage with huge cones for nipples. Shocked. Oh, oh okay. Got it. You got to uh, kiss one of your uh, uh, like younger starlets in reaction? Uh, yes. I'm, I'm going to uh, date a 20-year-old. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And don't you dare call me mom or grandma. All right. So what are you talking about? I what am talking number one this week? Uh, it is Madonna. Yes. Yes, Madonna. That Madonna with Madame X. Yep. Uh, her new latest album. It's number one. On the Billboard 200 charts. Uh, number two is Western Stars by Bruce Springsteen. Yes, that Bruce Springsteen's. Yep. Matt, what decade are we in? I believe this is uh, the, the 2010s, although there's this image going around Twitter today that's really funny. We should talk about this in movies. Yes. But it's like a, 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 a marquee with all the movies out right now. Yes. It's like Godzilla, Aladdin, Toy Story, and it's like... Is this the like, 90s? What year is this? <laughs> <laughs> is it 1995? <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, number four is, or number three is When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go by Billie Eilish. That's how you know it's 2019. <laughs> number four is Happiness Begins by the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. And number five, Doom Days by Bastille. Yeah, which you talked about last week. Yep. And now Did on you? to... Did you? 
Uh, yes, 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 I did. It's okay. I didn't misremember. Yes, yes, I did. There were two songs off that album. <laughs> yep. Uh, now on to new releases. Uh-huh. Uh, first up, we have Freddie Gibbs and Madlib. That's Madlib? Madib? Madlib. Madlib. Yep. With, I like the word game. With Bandana. Uh-huh. Uh, we also have Ingrid Michaelson. Um, ukulele player. Uh, used to. Used Not so to. much anymore. Okay. <laughs> uh, with Stranger Songs. Uh, I don't know whether that means that the songs are stranger than stuff she's done before, or that it means that the songs are about strangers. It's a strange thing for songs. Okay. Uh, maybe it goes along with Stranger, stranger things. things. Yeah, I didn't think about that until just now. <laughs> uh, we also have Make Under with Pale Cicada. I don't know who they Cicada. are. I just like that name. Make Under? Yeah. <laughs> We also have Outer Spaces. Yes! Uh, Gazing Globe. Very excited for this one. This is why you put this on here. Yeah. No, it was actually on the list, believe it or not. Oh, it was on I the list. I did not add this myself. Okay. And lastly, new releases, The Black Keys. Yes. yes. Those Black Keys. Yes. With Let's Rock. <laughs> Let's I saw a really good one. Uh, so you know, like, there's, like, other kind of publications kind of like The Onion with, like, fake yes. headlines. I saw one of those fake headline uh, ones, one specifically about music. I think it's called The Hard Times. They did one for this saying, the Black Keys finally re- just just give up and release a song called Ford Commercial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was really good. Anyways. Anyways, we have music news to get to. I don't actually think there's a song on that album called Ford Commercial. No. <laughs> Well, it's like when the ex ambassadors released their album, you called it the Jeep commercial. Yeah, the Jeep commercial. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Yes, music news. Music news. News with music in it. That's true. About it. Uh, the Dizzy Chicks, they are musicians. They are. They're uh, one of my favorites, in fact. Yes. Well, a video was posted today. Yes. Uh, this is breaking news, by the way. Breaking news. Yes, posted today. By the band that confirms a new album is in the works. Finally. Using a baby app. Uh, Basically an app that turns you into like, where it makes your face into a baby and it makes your voice sound in, like an infant. Uh, okay. Using a baby mask, I think, is what the... I don't know actually what the app is called. Well, no, no. It's, 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 it's a, um... It's a, it's a, what should we call it? I don't know what those are called. Face app. Thing. Filter. Filter. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I'm thinking you're like John Cena. <laughs> yeah, you're like, can't, can't touch me. <laughs> can't, you can't touch can't me. Just, can't see me. Whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, filter app using yeah, the baby, yeah. filter using the baby face uh, that makes them look pre-adolescent and sound helium voiced. Uh-huh. Um, Natalie Maines, Emily Robin, Rob, Rob, Robinson, Robinson, Robinson. <laughs> And Marty McGuire, aka the Dixie Chicks, aka the Dixie Chicks, <laughs> uh, appear on on video in session to declare that the Dixie Chicks album is coming. Uh, lest anyone think the blessed event is imminent, the camera then pans to writer writer producer Jack Antonoff. Surprise! Who solemnly deadpans says, "Someday," as we all kind of figured, eventually the Dixie Chicks would release a new yeah. album. So. The internet has reacted to this in two ways. One, everybody's super jazzed about a new Dixie Chicks record because it would be their first since 2006. Right. Uh, with uh, their Emmy, or sorry, not Emmy, Grammy Award winning uh, Taking the As Long As the way. photo here yes. proves. Uh, but 
they're conflicted due to the presence of Jack Antonoff, who is presumably producing this thing. Yes. <laughs> Which is confusing. I'm sure he knows of the Dixie Chicks. I mean, okay, he did good work with Taylor Swift on 1989. Yes. I'll give him that. But beyond... Oh, and he did even better work with Lord, with Lord on Melodrama. But beyond that, though, that man maybe whiffs more than he hits, so... Are you saying we have a Robert Zemeckis on our hand? I think we might. I think... He is the Robert Zemeckis of he music? He might be the Robert Zemeckis <laughs> of music. Or at least modern pop music. But yeah, Chang Antonoff, he has a very specific thing that he does. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So I'm very curious to see uh, what he does. That definitely sounds like the Jack. Yeah, 100%. 100%. uh, I don't know if he's gotten into his weird lifelike CG phase, though, yet. That may not have happened. It's the autotune phase. (laughs) It's the autotune phase. (laughs) Who knows what that will be. But yeah, weird, weird, but I'm looking forward to hearing new music by the Dixie Chicks. All right. Uh, Speaking of new music... Universal, or rather old music. We covered this last week. This is an update. This is an update from last week where we noted the Universal Fire caused more damage than they initially let on. But last week I did also note that I did not necessarily have a list of the affected artists near me. This week we have a list of some of the affected artists near us. Well, in case you were wondering which artists' masters were affected, here's a small assortment of the seven... Hundred artists yes. listed within Universal's internal documents. Yeah. Uh, so, as reported, or I guess reported by the uh, Times, here's the list of yeah. lost re- lost master recordings from artists such as Aerosmith, mm-hmm. the Andrews Sisters, Joan Baez, Chet Baker, Count Basie, Beck Elmer Bernstein, Chuck Berry, Mary J. Blige. Blink-182, Dave Brunbeck, Jimmy Buffett, T-Bone Burnett, Ray Charles, Patsy Cline, John Coltrane, Bing Crosby, Neil Diamond, Fats Domino, Jimmy Dorsey, Duke Ellington, Peter Frampton, and Aretha Franklin. So if you consider like a list of the greatest artists of all time... A lot of those names that we just read show up. I was going to say, is this a Grammy list of <laughs> yeah. greatest hits? Maybe except for Blink-182. Uh, but, but, <laughs> like, what we're talking about here is that the masters of some legendary records are involved in this. And the fact that Universal is being so blasé about this is terrible news. And by the way, that was only half the list I Yeah, that's mentioned. not even close to the complete list. Oh, no. I mean, I could go on. Yeah. Should I? No. Okay. But yeah, I think I, you get the idea. You get the idea. Like a lot of stuff has been affected here. One of the more fascinating things that was in the story that I read, by the way, that I couldn't write, didn't have room to write, but is that apparently in, her, in, in these internal documents, Universal tried to like sort these somehow, mm-hmm. and they sorted them in the cheesiest way possible. They sorted them into A tier and B tier, like they were like in some sort of like. Like ranking the artists, yeah, exactly. And so, like, the, there's A tier artists and like B tier artists, and it's just so so bad. Oh, who they considered A tier? Yeah, you gotta wonder, right? So, yeah, uh, obviously, still hoping that Universal does what they need to do and like does something about this. Mm-hmm. Maybe gives money towards organizations that do uh, like work towards music preservation and don't just wipe this un- like wipe the. Uh, under the table because like I'm sure that's what they want to do they just oh, want yeah. to move on pretend this didn't happen 
Oh, no, but it did happen, and these yeah. are master recordings. Yeah. Sure, we have digital files. But it's just not, the, up, but not no. the same thing as a master. No. So, yeah, this sucks, but we're continuing to learn new things every day. I mean, who knows? Maybe uh, Chuck Berry can come in and do another recording. <laughs> no. No? No. What about John Coltrane? Um, no. No? Anyways, let's move on. All right. Uh, moving on to thoughts. And we have some thoughts. Uh, do you? Yes. Uh, we you have two thoughts. I listened to that Prince album, Originals. Oh, yeah. How was that? Uh, that is exactly what I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is definitely songs that Prince wrote. Yeah. Clearly, you know they're sung by other people. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely interesting to hear his take. Yeah. But then again... I could definitely see why he passed on all these songs. Or not necessarily passed, just, like, just like, gave it to somebody he trusted. Yeah. Like, just was like, no, I trust you to do a good version of this. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not for everyone, but as I said when I thought about it, it should be a good listen to. And, yeah, it's definitely an interesting listen to. But that's about all it is, an interesting listen. It's But then again, Prince is dead, so yeah, R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, L.S.T. R-S-P-C-T. Sure. Take care, PC. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Let's definitely check it out if you are a Prince fan and want to hear his take on them. But, yeah, it's... Interesting curio. It's definitely interesting because, especially when I compare this with, like, what I've been watching with Songland, I can definitely see, like, okay, this is his demo version to pitch the artist. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, okay. I have more. I have more of an understanding now because of Songland of what this album is meant to be. That's neat. Yeah. And yeah, it's kind of like a cool like back and forth there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's a second album that may or may not actually be number one, but definitely proves my point that Lil Nas X is not a country oh, artist. Yeah, I did listen to this. I, I know you did. I, I also listened to this. I know thing. you did. That's why I'm bringing it up. Cause I also listened to it. Uh, but yeah, Lil Nas... A.K.A. Lil Nas X tries all the genres. <laughs> yeah, he he tries all the genres as this album... Well, it's an EP. It's an EP. It's an EP. It's called Seven, I believe. Yeah, and there's seven songs, and three of the tracks have numbers in them. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. And uh, Old Town Road is on there twice, so really you get five new songs. Technically... It's the remix with Billy Ray Cyrus at the beginning, and it's the original without Billy Ray Cyrus at the end. So they're technically two different songs. Yeah. Technically, they're two different songs, but uh, for the all intents and purposes, you get five new songs by the Little Nas X here. Speaking of Blink-182, Travis Barker drums on one of them. Yep. In fact, I don't know. It seems like it's, like, weird. It seems like they're all tries... To get like to get another single on the radio, and they're fun. They're fun songs. Some of them are pretty catchy, but like ultimately, I don't know what he's going for. I mean, it doesn't prove my point that he's not a country artist. <laughs> no, he's not. He's he's whatever he wants to be artist. Yeah. He just decided that like he didn't need to pigeonhole himself, and you know what? Good for him. Like in that way. Like I like the idea of an artist just being like, "Nah, genre's stupid. I'm not even gonna try." Like, Mono genre. Like, it just, it, everything is everything now. And, like, he definitely embraces that more than your average artist. But, the the, the, the results are mixed here. Oh, oh, oh most most definitely. Yeah. Um, not, not necessarily for everyone, but it is only five songs. Mm-hmm. Check it out. And then decide for yourself how... 
bad you think Lil Nas X actually is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your All mileage right. may vary. Yeah. Alright, moving on uh-huh. to video games. And we're going to end this on a really good note here. You sure will. Alright, we have new releases for video games. What do we got this week? Uh, first up, we have F1, the racing game. Yeah. F1 2019, specifically. This year's F1. For the PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. We also have Final Fantasy XIV Online Shadowbringers. The DLC is yes. here for the PlayStation and the PC. But, uh, for those of you who have Switches, you're going to definitely want to pick up this upcoming release. Yeah. Super Mario Maker 2 for yep. the Switch. It's this week. That is this week. That is your big new game releasing this week. Uh, are you going to pick it up? You have a Switch? I don't necessarily have the means to do that right now. Maybe down the line this year, maybe I'll check that. Okay, sounds good. Moving on to video game (laughs) news. (laughs) Sounds good. Well, I don't have a Switch, so I don't have... Not yet. Well, not yet. Eventually, I will. Add that to the registry. Add that to the registry. (laughs) I'm only half kidding. (laughs) Anyway. I don't know. It depends if the place we're going to carries it, which actually might. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm only half kidding. Yeah. Uh, Anyways. Anyways. I should definitely check that out. <laughs> Maybe I know what you're getting your face for this. Anyways. <laughs> Alright, let's move on. Anyways, uh, moving on to uh, PUBG, or Player Unknowns. Unknown Battlegrounds. Announced. Player Unrenounced Battlegrounds. Well, uh, their next game is currently in development. If you thought, wait, a next game? I thought that was a one-off. Yeah. Well, it was. Until it made money. Until people decide to play it. Yeah. And so they're going to make a sequel to it. Uh, so, the next uh, game is in development, the game's published publisher announced. The as-yet-untitled Player Unknown Battlegrounds 2 is currently being made by a new studio named Striking Distance, which is appointed ex-Call of Duty and Dead Space developer Glenn Schofield as its CEO. Yeah, this is interesting uh, considering that the heat that they've got over the last year from Fortnite and other competitors in the Battle Royale space. Yep. Also, with new competitors in uh, other really popular game formats right now, like Auto Chess, which has burst out of nowhere and become the new hotness on streaming networks. Oh, a lot of people are talking about Auto Chess because... Their ads are literally everywhere, uh-huh. and they're running so many like gamer like paid ads for it that it is obnoxious. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So yeah, obviously they looked at this 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 uh, landscape and were like, yeah, this old game isn't gonna push it anymore. If we do something new and innovative, maybe eyeballs will go back to them. Hey, yeah, they're gonna try. Yeah, as right. as the project is seemingly in its infancy, so little is known about the game at present. Uh, PUBG Corp's press release states that the game is a quote original narrative experience within the PUBG universe. Uh, end quote. While Showfield hints the game might not be a battle royale title. This sounds like a reverse Titanfall. Maybe. Where Apex Legends takes place in the Titanfall universe. And this is in the PUBG universe, but it's a different game. Yes. Yeah, it could be interesting to see if they try to carve out their own space. Yeah, well, Schofield said that, quote, As a creative, the freedom to explore the PUBG universe 
has me excited about the possibilities, which I view as beyond the Battle Royale genre. Uh, he went on to tweet that the game is not a sequel, <laughs> but based in but the uni- in-game universe. So yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can carve their own space out, like, and kind of get that goodwill back. Because yeah, when PUBG came out first, like, it was the big deal. It was the thing everyone was talking about, everybody was playing, but it just got overshadowed by so, so much. Oh, so, so, so much. We'll see if they can do it. Alright, uh, that brings us to our next news story. And this yeah. is an ongoing news story. This is less a news story and more a PSA. <laughs> okay. Um, I had some thoughts to this. It's our well. second favorite time of year and not ranked, just second chronolo- chronologically. Yes. Because it's summer, games done quick this year. Yeah, week. it is. Woo woo! As we speak. Oh, it's been so fun to watch summer games done quick. They did a Borderlands 2 three, co op, uh, three people yeah, run. Yeah, I caught a bit of that. Oh, that was so fun. They actually had developers yeah. from Gearbox on the call uh, via Discord, because they're sponsored by Discord, mm-hmm. um, chime in on while they were running Borderlands 2. And as they were breaking it, the developers were going, yeah, that was never intended. Yeah, we forgot about that. It's like, yeah, that's just a rock. We put that there. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. yeah, we're about to go back to that. So yeah, it's not all the, the things that you come to expect from games done quick. Yes. Which, in case you're just tuning into this podcast, or if you've been living under a video game rock, or, is, or don't know what it is, because there's always new people finding yeah, out about this. It's a big celebration of speed running, which is basically playing a game to get a record time, uh, and this is done in many different ways. Uh, sometimes by glitching the game out, breaking it in ways that it has it wasn't intended to be broken, going out of bounds, so going out of bounds with the game skipping Changing the language so the text yeah. go faster. What you need to do to go fast through a game, that's what speedrunners do. And this is an opportunity to kind of get all the speedrunners communities to go play their games in front of a crowd. And also, it's a way to help charities, as they always do it for a charity, for a good cause. Uh, this time, it's for Doctors Without Borders. Yep, uh, Doctors Without Borders. All proceeds go to them. Um, they also run t-shirt promotions um, on ET. Uh, where if you at every five dollars purchased on the Yeti website, Yeti, it's yeah, Yeti. Yeti because their logo is a Yeti. Yeah, but it's Y E T E. So yeah. I say Yeti. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, five dollars of every purchase will go towards uh, Doctors Without Borders. Yeah, right now they're sitting at seven hundred two thousand dollars, just about to hit the seven hundred three cap. Uh, uh, precipice here. Yes, they hit 700,000 in three days. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. A bulk of that came from the Pokemon run. Uh, Well, well, the two runs back to back. They did a punch out blind speed run, which was excellent to watch. (laughs) But they followed that up with a Pokemon Crystal speed run. And when that thing goes on YouTube, (laughs) I highly encourage you to watch that. Yeah. Because not only is it hilarious how broken the game happens to be, mm. but it's also hilarious to watch the the person doing it fail multiple times. But that's not even the reason to watch it. As like half about halfway through, they bring up the the lack of the national decks in the upcoming Pokemon. Oh. So, in order to do a solemn tribute to that, they do a national decks. Uh, donation train huh. where people donate what the Pokemon number is 
relative to the dollar amount, mm. citing their favorite Pokemon. Aw, that's cute. So you'll get like a hundred, like most people usually stay within the, the original 150, but then you'll get like Glaceon at 725, yeah. Scar- Skarmory at, two fi- at two, yeah. 222, and just all these random donations. And within just that one segment of like two and a half hours that they speed run the game, they hit six different or six different incentives to the fact where they had to add two more incentives and then they hit those as well during the nice. speed run. That's cool. It was insane. It was so glorious to watch and it makes me so happy that stuff like this happens and exists for it. Yeah, that that sounds really cool. I'm obviously not a fan of people freaking out about the National Dust stuff and I don't agree with that being the impetus for this, but I think that as a concept is a cool idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, this continues throughout the all week, Sunday to Saturday. Uh, my favorite run coming is going to come up tomorrow morning, which is the Kingdom Hearts 3 <laughs> course, speed run. Of course, uh, Co-opt um, that will be followed up by a Mario four-player race blind yeah. speed run. Gotta love the Mario Gotta love, I love the... Um, not just the Mario races, but the the, the co-op not the uh, battle, the the versus matches. Those yeah. are always fun. Always. So yeah, uh, uh, that continues uh, yeah. through the weekend. Uh, through the weekend, through yeah. Saturday. Okay. So check that out. Yep. Now we'll do it for video game news. Uh, yes, but we have one game to talk about on yeah. video games. Real briefly, I just wanted to say that last week I said I had bought a copy of MLB The Show nineteen. I have jumped into that officially. Uh, I'm enjoying it. It's the show. You played uh, more of it? Yeah, I played a, uh, played some more of it. I've been pitching up a storm. Okay. I'm playing a, as a pitcher right now in the in the double A, so hopefully to get called up soon. Uh, I've been uh, kind of learning the ins and outs of the, the pitching mechanism of the game. been seeing some of the new stuff that they've done for Road to the Show, which is their like follow-up player mode. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, they've added... Uh, in, like engage personality stuff, and that works into a new system where they actually have you communicating with your teammates. Um, and this goes just beyond dialogue trees too. You can talk to your teammates and get to know them, but you can also train with your teammates, which is a cool new feature. Okay. So, for example, if you're a pitcher and you want to learn some tips from, say, a famous pitcher on your team, say like if you want to learn how to be as good as fucking Skaggs, <laughs> you can take some pitching lessons from fucking Skaggs. Yeah. If you choose to. Uh, take all the bad lessons from fucking Skaggs. So yeah, and like uh, with the in double A's, this doesn't isn't as cool because it's basically made up people that you're training with. Yeah. But when you get into the majors, it becomes like a neat like idea. Idea and like I, I like some of the directions they're going with it, but. Generally, all in all, though, this is a the show. Like, if you played the last couple of years, you know exactly what this thing is. You know what you're buying if you're gonna buy it. Like, and really, it's just roster updates. It's like sports games in in 2019 in a nutshell. It's like right. you know what they are at this point. The, their roster updates, their yeah. stadium updates, their tiny bit of graphic updates. Yeah, and there's the occasional new feature, but really. You're buying this game to play Major League Baseball on your home console. Because right. it's the only game in town to do so. Yes. So, the exclusive yeah. rights for PlayStation. So yeah, I recommend it if you haven't bought a baseball game in a while and you want one. That's literally the only criteria. Okay. So yeah, that's it. Alright, sounds good. Uh, but that will do it for us here at the Media Book Podcast. Sure I don't play a game. Well, yeah. So we need to move on. Yeah. Well, you played everybody's golf. Some of it. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. We need to play, play some in every, everybody's golf. Yeah. It's fine. It's a golf game. It's a golf game. All right. Uh, that'll do it, then. Yeah. That's it for video games. That's it for video games. That's it for us. Okay. That's it for podcasts. Time to plug away. That's it for the Media World Podcast. Thanks for joining us here on YouTube.com if you're watching us live or on our many, many options uh, to hear my voice crack on podcast form. Uh, so let's go over it right now. YouTube.com is where you can find our live shows. We go live every Wednesday night at yes, 30 p.m. Wednesdays. Next week, I will not be here. I will be in the great state of Washington, the Pacific Northwest. So Mike will be doing a solo show, probably not live. Uh, so we may not be live next week, but we will be live the, uh, the week following that. So have a safe and sane 4th of July week mm-hmm. out there. Oh, that's uh, right. Next week's the 3rd. The yes. yes. Ooh. Yes. 4th of July is on a Thursday. On a Thursday this week, or this year. Yep. Uh, next but week. But you can catch us when we are live on YouTube.com. Just search Media Bell Podcast to find us. You can like and subscribe to us. You can click on the bell and get notifications when we go live. It's real cool how that works. You can also hear us on audio, on pod, in podcast form, on all sorts of podcast services, such as Apple Podcasts. You can uh, find us on any RSS feed-driven podcast catcher out there. Just search Media Boat Podcast. We're also on social media, Media Boat Cast on Twitter. On Facebook, just search Media Boat Podcast and you'll find us. You can uh, like our page there and comment if you'd like. You can also uh, email us if you have any questions direct to, for us, any comments and corrections, whatever you want to tell us. Mediabopodcast at gmail.com is that email address where you can ask us anything. We also have a Patreon if you want to help us out with money. Patreon.com slash Mediaboat is where you can go for that. You can uh, donate to us as little as a dollar a month. That little amount still helps us run uh, both the, the, the live streams here, uh, the podcast hosting, and the website hosting, so all of our things will benefit. So please consider being a patron at patreon.com slash mediaboat. And lastly, if we ever get around to streaming a video game, uh, which Mike has been doing a lot better than I have, um, yeah. twitch.tv slash mediaboat is where you can go and watch us play video games. So check that out. Yep, I'll be streaming some possibly Kingdom Hearts Critical Mode okay. I'm in the last couple worlds there. Right. Um, but yeah. I'll probably stream some everybody's golf if, okay. if I get people to around to play it. Um, I will definitely be playing some Jackbox come July 4th. I know that. I bet you will. All right. Well, that will do it then. Uh, have, again, have a safe and safe holiday next week. We will be back with another live show in two weeks, but we'll be back with a podcast for you from dear old Mike here next week. In the meantime, we'll be I may back. I may have some special guests next week. Ooh, but you'll guests. have to tune in to find out. Find out. So that will do it for the Media Boat Podcast for this week. We'll see you guys next time. All right. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in. Bye-bye.